0: In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff
1: you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours, find out more at spmd.org.
2: Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate, the dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, housing reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I'm here with Marissa Leck, real estate reporter at the Houston Chronicle. Hi, Marissa. Hello. Today, we're talking about the real estate impacts from ExxonMobil relocating its corporate headquarters to the Houston area in Spring, Texas, in the city-place development.
3: So back when Exxon first built its campus in spring here several years ago, there was a big ripple effect on the real estate market in the spring area. And so with this official corporate relocation move, we wanted to see if it would have a similarly large effect on the area. And to understand more about this, we spoke to Paul Takahashi, former energy reporter at Houston Chronicle, who recently joined Bloomberg. Before Paul left, we sat down with him just to talk more about the dynamics of Exxon's move. And then later on, we talked to a residential real estate expert, Jacob Sudoff, CEO of Douglas Element, Texas, just about what he expects this Exxon corporate relocation move will have on the residential real estate market in the spring area. To start, we'll dive right into our discussion with Paul. Hi,
1: Paul. Thanks, guys, for having me on for the last time. Um, I feel like I'm going out with a bang, being on uh, looped in. The biggest company I cover on my beat is Exxon, uh, which used to be in Irving near Dallas. And uh, they announced that they are coming down to Houston, uh, moving their headquarters here to spring. And so, uh, yeah, that was pretty big news on my beat on my my last week here. So,
3: Awesome. Could you just provide some context or background to this decision for Exxon to move? I mean... In 2020, you know, it was one of the worst years for them financially, as well as a lot of oil and gas companies. So could you talk about, like, just what it kind of went through during the pandemic? And then, you know, this week you're reporting they had a great year in 2021. So tell us more about that.
1: You know, Exxon, even before the pandemic started, had been struggling during recent oil busts since 2014. Uh, We had an oil bust in 2014, 2016. And then, of course, 2020, the pandemic was probably the worst one uh, in terms of the demand drop and just the oversupply of crude oil in the market. And so that oil bust really accelerated. Exxon's move to streamline its business. The headquarter re- relocation is part of this big reorganization in which they are combining some business units and then just creating three lines of business. So it's upstream, exploration production, downstream, refining and chemicals, And then this new business line that they're trying to grow, which is low carbon business, and that's carbon capture and storage, hydrogen and biofuels. And so all three business units are going to be based here in Houston, spring near the Woodlands, north of Houston. It was just a move to get everybody under one roof. Exxon, of course, is facing a lot of challenges when it comes to the energy transition by having management, all the engineers, all the employees all under kind of one roof in, well, 20 roofs, kind of all under the umbrella of their campus up here. They uh, want to be able to collaborate more easily and innovate for the future. And of course, to cut costs. You know, you don't have to have multiple buildings, multiple offices in vast parts of the country. Uh, and this has been something that Exxon's been doing for years now. So in 2015, 2014, 2015, they moved a lot of folks from Virginia to spring, and they moved folks from Greenspoint to spring. They moved folks from the Woodlands to spring earlier this year. This is kind of the last piece, uh, moving folks from the headquarters in Irving down here. So it was all kind of this big grand plan that they had when they started construction on this big project.
3: They're trying to save money, but they're also making a lot of money, right? (laughs) Could you talk about the earnings report you wrote?
1: Big oil's is back making big profits. Exxon made $23 billion last year, its best earnings report since 2014. And it was not really without uh, a lot of sacrifice on, on the part of employees and the company. They slashed capital spending and operational spending, and they laid off 15% of their global workforce and, and equates to thousands of people. And so... Um, Exxon has really, through the combination of deep cuts and the economic recovery, they've been really able to get back in the game and and become very profitable again. That's a a big part of the reason why they're moving to Houston is, you know, they're profitable again and they're looking to invest deeply in Houston. Mm
2: -hmm. I feel like this was big news because Exxon is just such a big name and we view ourselves as the energy capital of the world. Finally... They've moved their headquarters here, but they have moved their headquarters in the past, right? Do you have any like insight as to why the last time they moved their headquarters, they decided to go to Irving instead of to Houston, where so much of their operations are and so many of these synergies you're talking about would, would be present, you know?
1: So Exxon used to be Standard Oil of New Jersey. They moved to Irving, uh, this was in the 90s. At that time there was a big separation between the headquarters and the operating units. There was this grand idea in office design and corporate organization that the headquarters was in this far-off. Ivory
2: place. Tower.
1: Right. Kind of this Ivory Tower situation. Yeah. Usually it was in the corporate centers, right? So Manhattan, where Exxon used to be headquartered before they moved to Irving, they decided Irving uh was, was the place to be. And of course Dallas at the time was It's a big corporate, it draws a lot of corporate headquarters in Dallas, a big financial capital here in, in Texas. And I think over time, big, large corporations have sort of realized that in order to streamline operations and to cut costs and to really think about the future and tackle big problems like climate change and the energy transition, it really helps to be where your employees are, the most of your employees are. Houston had always been... Exxon's sort of de facto headquarters for a while. I think it was just really in name that they were headquartered in Irving, their SEC filings, all their corporate filings, you know, all said Irving, but people knew they had a big presence here in Houston. And, you know, their Houston office had well over 10,000 people, you know, before the pandemic. And so, you know, this was this was really their home for a long time. You know, they had 250 people right now coming in from Irving from their headquarters. But yeah, it's still a big a get for Houston to have Exxon officially, on paper, be based here in Houston. Um, it really bolsters Houston's reputation as the energy capital of the world. So to have them here based in Houston has, has really been, uh, it, will, it will be a boom for Houston. It just came about, I think, because of this shift in mindset mm-hmm. in corporate America, in in the sense that you really need to be where the action is, and management needs to be um, well attuned to you know employees and and sort of the challenges and and kind of you know roll your sleeves up and, and get in the action.
3: Do you know how many employees they have in Houston now? With all the layoffs that happened during the pandemic,
1: they cut fifteen percent of their global workforce, that included about nineteen hundred people in the U.S. In Houston, they used to have, you know, well over 10,000 folks in their spring campus. And uh, now they have 8,500 staffers based there. The 250 people who are coming from Irving, you know, the headquarters there, it's not a lot to add, but they are kind of the top brass. You know, they're the, all the management, including Darren Woods, the CEO, they're going to be here in Houston uh, working. And a lot of economic development folks believe that that's going to attract a lot of suppliers and vendors who used to work with Exxon up in Irving to maybe come down here to relocate. Whenever a company is based somewhere, there's a lot of corporate giving and donations and philanthropy that happens. You know, this is their hometown. And so Exxon has always been very generous in Houston, but uh, I think there's a, a different mindset when you know you're based in Houston. You're a Houston company, and I think uh, a lot of people are hopeful that there's going to be a lot more corporate giving here in Houston.
3: Could you talk about some of the background with their spring campus because it, it you know it was built out, I think, to accommodate ten thousand people.
1: Kind of early in the past decade in which uh, they announced plans to build this big corporate campus here in, in spring, Houston has always been a big hub for them. And, you know, in Greenspoint before, which the demographics and the uh, a lot of the area had changed. And so they had decided to, to move farther north. Uh, you know, a lot of the executives were living in the woodlands and employees were living in the woodlands. And so they made a decision to build this brand new campus there. It's a very massive campus that they built. And, you know, they were consolidating offices as well. So they had offices in Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia, that they were uh, closing and moving all those Virginia employees here to Houston uh, to the Spring campus. And they were you know relocating staff from Greens Point there uh, to Spring as well. And they built this really magnificent campus in a place that they used to call Springwoods Village, but now has been renamed a city place. And uh, they've got a, a, a big daycare center for employees' children. They've got uh, a big amphitheater, uh, indoor and outdoor. They have 20 buildings on site. Kind of this big floating cube uh, architectural feature to their to their office. And so, yeah, uh, you know, gyms and cafeterias and, and everything that you find on a corporate campus. They really built it out.
3: But overall, it is you know, even though this is like a win for Houston, quote unquote, win, they are reducing their real estate overall, you know, when you take into account moving out of the woodlands and then also the leftover square footage in Irving, which I think you said was what, like 300,000 square feet or something. It's not like insignificant. It's not huge, but overall it is like a downsizing despite the fact that it's also positive in some ways for Houston I guess we should add, to that this is happening on top of Hewlett-Packard Enterprises' relocation to the same master plan community. The Exxon is a behemoth compared to anyone, uh, but this master plan community has had both HPE and Exxon say they're going to move their corporate campuses there, so I'm wondering if some of the impact will come just from the combination uh, both of those moves. And plus the the employers that they already have in city place.
1: Whenever you have multiple corporate campuses and, and headquarters relocating to an area. Yeah, uh, that's going to definitely drive a lot of a lot of demand for real estate.
3: Thanks, Paul, for being on the show to talk about Exxon's move. We're excited to see what kind of great things you do at Bloomberg. We also wanted to dive more into the impact that Exxon's move would have on the residential real estate market. So we thought it'd be great to talk to Jacob Studoff, who's the CEO of Douglas Elliman, Texas, just about what he expects from all these new Exxon executives moving to the Houston area so jacob thanks for being on today
0: first of all i have to say i'm really excited to see that we have you know exxon their executive suite moving to houston or outside of houston i you know i see so much relocation of companies going to austin and dallas areas and not as much to houston the more that we can have these type of things like hp and hpe yeah, and exxon and these things happen to houston it's only going to help us um, we need more of that um, of that type of corporate relocation coming to our city so Houston mm-hmm. is still a very good market for affordability and having a big city being in Texas all the state benefits from the you know the tax benefits and all those other things and so I really that's why I love Houston and I really I think it's a wonderful city and the people are, are what make Houston the best
3: I'm Glad to see that we're still maintaining some affordability in comparison. Although, yes, I I wish we were getting some more corporate relocations. (laughs) Yep. You know, the area that Exxon is moving into, though, is actually, you know, pretty, it's nice. It's not exactly the the most affordable part of Houston, right? (laughs) (laughs) What is the spring kind of woodlands market like right now in the residential world? Is the supply tight? You know, what? Are you seeing in terms of activity in the area around where Exxon is going to be having its corporate headquarters?
0: So the area, you know, you had that Exxon effect in the past and when the 10,000 people moved and it was a hot air time and you did have where home prices had gone up and and there's a shortage of homes and stuff like that, but nothing like today. Today, Mm -hmm. it's truly turned into a buyer's frenzy. Already in the whole state of Texas, there's a lack of inventory. Yeah, so right now, I would tell you the Woodlands area, the spring area, is, is um, homes are selling for over-asking price. Everyone is already, so a lot of the Exxon executives have already started purchasing homes to get ahead of the curve. There's already been a lack of inventory, and, then, and right now, the homes are getting multiple offers, and the homes are going for over-asking price. And that is all the way from $300,000 to $3 million. Mm. So, it's a seller's market in, in the Spring Woodlands area, and people really like it. A lot of people from the urban core of Houston have, have started moving out, and we've seen that migration in a massive way. And so, mm-hmm. the Woodlands has benefited from that. So, it's Sugar Land and Katie and, you know, Kingwood and everywhere else. But specifically, mm-hmm. because of now what's happening with Exxon and because of all the other things that are happening there, you've got just a, a very, very tight market in the Woodland Spring area. It, it's, it's really interesting to see um how hot that market is. And the agents are literally trying to find everything off market. They're knocking on doors. They're they're trying to figure out how they can find inventory for these people that are moving in in town. And there's just not enough housing.
3: So does the Woodlands kind of spring area, does it feel tighter or is it tighter than, you know, other areas of Houston? By far.
0: Especially um the over two million dollar price point. So over two million dollars in Houston is is actually slower. Um, than the woodlands by far
3: you mean by Houston you mean within the, like,
0: central the inner loop yeah, kind of, of yeah so inner loop of Houston two million plus is much slower than the woodlands right now and because a lot of these Exxon um, folks can afford those two million plus dollar houses
1: right and so
0: there's a lack of them but in the woodlands we do have a much more aggressive um, market in the luxury sector than in central Houston
3: and we're assuming with a lot of their executive suite moving that they'll be in a luxury price range or upper, Price range for Houston? Are there certain segments like three to five bedrooms? Is that like in demand?
0: It's a good thing and a bad thing. Everything is in demand. Let it be a townhouse that is you know that's for the secretary who just you know wants to spend you know four hundred thousand dollars, or it's for the executive who wants to you know have the huge house and um, you know an eight thousand square okay. house and want to spend four or five million dollars. They're all in, in multiple bidding wars. There's no inventory, and so if the house mm. is nice now. The thing that we also find around the state, um, and specifically everywhere, when you're relocating, you don't want to build a house, and you also don't want to remodel a house. So okay. there are still opportunities for those that are willing to take that time and rent something while either they build or they remodel. And so, okay. and so we see that across the state, especially on the remodeling side. Most people just do not want to touch that because it is a project. Plus getting labor today is most difficult too. So, and also the cost to redo these houses. Nobody really knows right now because of the inflation cost.
3: Mm. So what do you think will be the impact of having these 250 more families? I mean, because that's about how many folks that they're moving from the Irving area. What what do you think the impact would be of having, you know, it's not like 10,000 people, like, you know, It might have been before when they were building up their campus and, you know, adding all of these thousands of people.
0: So in the past, when the 10,000 people came, you might have seen prices go about 5% over asking price. Today, you're seeing it at 20% over asking price. That's a
3: substantial difference.
0: And so it is because there was already a a shortage of homes. There was already a, a demand for the Woodlands area. See, the Woodlands and the Spring area, it's not just Exxon. The Woodlands, um, Howard yeah. Hughes Corporation has been working very hard to relocate other businesses and other corporate headquarters to their campus.
3: Technically, you know, Exxon had a couple of towers in the Woodlands itself, and then they vacated that tower and they're moving, consolidating everyone into spring. You know, when we're talking, Jacob, we're assuming that people working at that spring campus could live in the Woodlands and, you know, it could affect kind of the whole vicinity.
0: It does, but it affects the other neighborhoods too, like Imperial Oaks or Stillwater or Wood Forest, or you know, or the Tomball area. You know, there's a lot of these people who are, you know, it's 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 affecting all of that. Um, A lot of people are buying ranchettes, Mm -hmm. like little five acres, ten acres, you know, and they're building a house on there, buying homes on there.
3: Did you just call it a ranchette? Ranchette, yes. (laughs) That's so cute. Of the Exxon executives that you're hearing, you know, looking in the market or potentially buying homes. What neighborhoods are they looking
0: in? Some of my agents in the Woodlands have already, are already working with some of these Exxon executives. And mm-hmm. so they're looking in Carlton Woods is where I think a lot of them are going. Uh, East Shore is a lot of them. And then Grogan's Point is where you're also seeing a lot of that. And they're, they're going in different things. But where we're seeing like the one that we just escrowed a deal for about two and a half million dollars with one of these Exxons. We did another one for right at three million dollars. And so they're buying that Mm -hmm. price point which is a really good price point and they're buying those neighborhoods so those are sort of the high end or you also have some of them that are wanting to like something with some acreage and so they're either getting Mm -hmm. out which is it's 15 20 minutes away from the exxon campus but you can get something very nice
3: okay so so where is exxon ceo darren woods gonna live can you tell me
0: (laughs) if i was if i was darren i would either um, I would want to be outside of, I don't want to be next to everyone else. <laughs> I'd probably go buy some eggs.
3: You want your ranchette?
0: I want my ranchette, but actually not a ranchette for him. I, I, yeah, he, he could
3: probably it. get a ranch. He probably
0: has He to. could probably get a ranch within 15 <laughs> minutes. Well, and he could also fly his helicopter from the ranch to the, the campus every day.
3: Okay, now we're talking.
0: Now you're talking. <laughs> let, let, let's think big. Let's get him, some, okay. let's get him about 500 acres, right, 15 minutes from a drive from Exxon with a helicopter pad that he can fly in. <laughs> and uh, eventually he'll have a, one of those um, electronic flying vehicles that are coming out very shortly. And uh, then he can just fly into campus every day.
2: Okay. Did you hear that, Darren?
3: Call Jacob if you want a helipad. Um, <laughs> going to the supply issue. I know in the master plan community where the Exxon campus is going, used to be called Springwoods Village. It's been renamed City Place. I know that the developer behind that is in the process of adding residential. I think they're going to be developing, you know, 400 acres, but they're kind of just now starting. What I'm hearing from you is oftentimes when folks are relocating, they may not necessarily want to wait uh, for a new build, Correct. or they may be unable to wait for a new build, so their option is get an existing home, or perhaps rent temporarily while you build something out. But it sounds like what you're saying is that even though those homes are being added there, it, the timing may be off in terms of capturing a lot of those new executives coming in.
0: Hundred percent, but because they're not even counting on those executives, they're really counting on all the other businesses.
3: And you're saying that even you know even without the Exxon employees taking up, you know, some of those new homes in City Place. There's just so much activity and demand in general that those homes are going to be filled up. But do you expect the same Exxon effect to happen this time? And what I'm and what we're talking about when we say Exxon effect is when Exxon was first setting up their campus in Springwood Village, now City Place, it caused this ripple effect, not only in residential real estate, but in commercial real estate with offices and, you know, retailers wanting to be close by and all the secondary impact of having these thousands of people coming to this area, uh, you know, back in 2014, 2015, this time, you know, it is a lot smaller. So are you, is, are you expecting maybe like a, a mini Exxon effect? happening
0: or it will be a mini effect, but right now it's having a major effects because it's a frenzy because it's, it's people are desperate because they don't, they don't want to be living in an apartment with three kids. But on the commercial side of things, I think you're going to see it even more on the luxury side of, of the business. Okay. So if a restaurant, if a, like a really five-star restaurant was debating to go to the Woodlands and it was kind of right on the edge. Now this might, you know, make them say like a okay, steakhouse
3: or something.
0: Yeah, like a steakhouse or something of that nature, but already in the Woodlands, more Bentleys are sold in the Woodlands than Houston, uh, Central Houston.
3: Well, great. I think I think that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk to you
0: about today. I'll just tell you, it's exciting times here in Texas.
3: Yeah, exciting times here in Texas. I'm looking forward to seeing how Exxon's move unfolds. Thank you so much, Jacob, for being on our show. Well,
0: thank you so much for your time.
3: And again, special thanks to Paul to both of you for taking the time out to talk about Exxon's move and thank you listeners for tuning in. If you ever want to send us an idea for a podcast or just say hi, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter I'm at Marissa Lex7 on Twitter, and Rebecca is at RA Shoots on Twitter. And if you go to slash looped in, we will have show notes where you can see links to our coverage on Exxon's move and some of the different development happening in City Place in Spring. And thanks to our editor, Rob Gavin, and our editor, Lily Thomas. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Kimonos, for their theme music. And Scott Kingsley is our producer. Until next time.